Welcome to the eighth episode of Demol Belkia Season 10 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Halmstone, and joining me live from my hotel room after the finale is the Canadian who I'm just going to refuse to say to Belgium in future, Logan Saunders. Good evening. Hopefully we don't get feedback on these microphones. Hopefully. Um, we did a little bit last time. I've invested in a new microphone for you this time, deliberately. Only a cheap one, but yeah, I've deliberately invested in, a, in one that won't record the entire room this time, because it was a bit of a pain last time. Well... And if that happens again, have fun editing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no Diary of a Mole podcast, so I've got a little bit more time to edit this week <laughs> than I was planning, which is a shame. But we're not going to uh, we're not going to dwell on that. We had a uh, a fun night at the at the finale in very nice seats and didn't have a bomb shot at us. Yes. No. The the, the paint the confetti bomb. I don't, it wasn't a paint bomb. Now, when the bomb went off. I'd heard beforehand the the crew member going, don't worry, it's not paint someone, I think. I think I heard the word confetti. So I was relieved, obviously, because I didn't know how far it was going to actually fire, because we were a little bit of a way back. But I wasn't surprised when it was confetti. It was just hilarious that everyone was wincing, including us, just yeah, waiting like, for us to get shot with paint in our face. It could be paint. We might, we might blue, especially because it was blue, and I'm thinking, is this saying up an Arrested Development reference of I just blew myself? Anyway, get your gloating out of the way. I don't care anymore. Uh, it's a stupid show. I never liked it to begin with. Three for three, I just want to say. I got the winner right, Yeah. I got them all right, yeah. and I got the runner-up right. Even though it was a bit touch-and-go when Miss, when Papa Bear Jill DaCosta said to Jens, you got 25 out of 25 right on the test. I'm thinking, Jens might win over Sven here. <laughs> and then Sven got revealed as the winner, and you're thinking... There were only five questions left. If Jens knew who the mole was, how did he lose? Because surely he knew what position Zuma was in in every bit of that last challenge. I don't understand how he lost, because there wasn't a tiebreaker. No. Unless they, there was a predetermined one where they... Well, even with time, it doesn't really make... S- I guess you combine the time from how long it took for them to do 25 questions in the Canary Islands, and then the five questions they took inside the studio, but that's a lot of tabulating. And Jens was very quick. Jens was yeah, the first was to finish. The, he was the first one we saw cut to on the big screen of cameras where he was just leaning back in his seat as if he was either the mole or the winner right then. Because he did all five questions before they cut to the second question, I think, on the screen. Yeah, but then they cut to Sven right after Jens, and Sven was done too. Yeah. And then Uma was shown, she was the only one shown still doing the questions after the other two were done. So he knew who the mole was, and there were five questions left, and it didn't go to a tiebreaker. What did Jens do? Was he just too focused on his own task of being upside down, or didn't understand Because were the questions shown on screen the ones that applied to... So it was just about the challenge, right? Yeah, it was just about that final challenge. He knew what position Uma was. He knew that she'd been voted for by the public. He knew whether she'd passed or failed. He knew what she went for. I don't understand how he how he messed it up. Because if there were five... And then the last question would be, who is the mole? So yeah. he screwed up on two out of the four questions about the challenge. But I also don't understand how, if if he knew who the mole was, why he went for Passfragen. But that's another another story. Well, I mean, now we know why he went for the pass dragon, because he, he lost, because he didn't get it. Yeah. So he must have really thought, oh, I got 25 out of 25, which means I know Uma is the mole, Sven is a very smart guy, 
I need those two Pazfragen to beat Sven. That might be what he was thinking. Because for all he knew, Jill is telling Sven, hey, you got 25 out of 25 as well. Jens isn't privy to that information about how well Sven did on the quiz. The problem is he was told that Pazfragen would just change a wrong answer to a right one. And he knew he, would, he, knew he got 25. I don't understand his tactics. But he still got two wrong somehow, unless he was just... I'm, I'm very interested to watch the reunion next week and find out how he lost. Because the ending of this season is more how Jens lost, for me, than how Sven won. Yeah, because, well, we know what happened to Sven. He was on Manu. He went all in on Manu on the mm. Final Four quiz. Manu went home, and I was thinking, Sven's only there maybe because he got the one question right, is the, man, is the mole a man or a woman? Yeah. And that would overlap with Uma. And by that point, Jens was fully on... On Uma, I think. Yeah. And then Manu, I guess, definitely wasn't on Uma, which means she probably got zero on that quiz. She must have been on Jens. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see anybody being on Sven. So then Manu goes, and then Sven is thinking, well, if I beat Manu, it's either due to time or I picked the correct gender of the mole, in which case it has to be Uma then. Yeah, it, it, it was just very confusing. Now I'm trying to think. How many Belgian mole seasons have we had it where the the winner just Looks snipes it on the final final test? Because that's well, two seasons in a row. Yeah. And a lot of it was 10 minutes beforehand. I don't think any of the others. I don't think anyone had done it before. Because Kathy was on jail for ages. Yeah. Davy was on Aline for ages. Yeah. Davy was on to Aline from, from like one. Yeah, minute one. Yeah. Um... <laughs> from the first challenge. Lloyd, half the cast was on to Peter. Yeah. For a very long time. And then Axe was on Elizabeth for a while. From the the boat challenge, yeah. Same with Boss, too. Boss was on there from then. We didn't see Boss tonight anywhere. Well, we need, we're we going to do a run-through of, of who we saw and who we didn't. Um, because there were some surprising people there. Peter was there. He wasn't there in uh, in Vietnam, mm-hmm. for example. Um, we got the center square of Jessica, which we did joke about a few weeks ago. From South Africa, you've already forgotten that. Uh, <laughs> Logan looked at me very perplexed then. Axel may or may not have recognised us. I'm still not sure. I gave him a hello. I think he recognised us, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, he's like, oh, huh? Especially as I did message him a few days ago going, hopefully we'll see you. So he, you know, thinks about us. We saw Bart from a distance, sadly. Who was the most obscure person you saw? You Other say? than Jessica. Other than Jessica, yeah. Obscure. Well, I guess it's the that that Mark the Mole guy from like twenty years ago. I guess he'd probably be the most obscure. Yeah, because when we got there, after about ten minutes, I went to investigate the queues and try and get myself a uh, De Mole suspicion badge. And I had a fright when I got to the near the front of the um, the Who Do You Think the Mole Is truck, because out of the corner of my eye, I saw the creepy magician from Germany. <laughs> Oh, really? It was there? Yeah. With his stupid glasses and his line on his head, yeah. Wearing a wearing a thumbprint t-shirt with his surname on it. And I didn't tell you about it because I thought this would be a fun revelation to uh, <laughs> to spring on you when we're like. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't see Booba. We didn't, and Logan was crying about that. All his victories today, he's just so disappointed he didn't see Booba. Yeah, because yeah, we haven't seen Booba at either of these two shows now. Now... There were a lot of people there. The only mole I think we didn't see was Aline. And um, we knew, we knew, we, we suspected yeah. that she wasn't going to be there because of a personal matter. Yeah, given, given what we saw on her Instagram a couple of weeks ago, it was not a surprise that she, 
she, was she the, wasn't there. Yeah, she um, was the only one not included in any of the segments. Yeah. Magda was a surprise that I didn't see her there because obviously she was involved in the season at the start. Hugo was never going to be there because, you know, he's about 97 now. Is that an exaggeration or no? He's in his 90s, I think. He was 68 when he was when he was the mole, and that was 2001. No, 1999 that was. Oh. So, do the maths. He's, he's well in his 90s. So he could have, well, I don't want to assume, but he's, he's not dead, but no. I mean, like, he could have some sort of issue. It might be like a Rudy Bosch situation. Yeah, the, where... There is no way that he was ever going to be coming. It, I think if, if he wasn't 68 at the time, they probably would have tried to get all 12 moles or whatever it is by this point um, for a group picture or something. But yeah, there was no way in hell that Eileen was going to be coming, obviously. And there was no way in hell that Hugo was going to be young enough to be able to get on the stage. And just based on the off the first step, so I'm not surprised that Magda wasn't spotted at all because she strikes me as a major introvert. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm surprised they didn't at least have her show face just because we knew she was involved in the season. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I mean, if she, if, yeah. if she was given that she was involved in the season, she for sure would have been at the finale. So I'm very surprised that she wasn't there. This is the downside of us not being at the after party and doing this at quarter past 11 in the evening rather than at quarter past one in the morning because these people could be partying at ballet 12 for all we know apart from hugo hugo probably couldn't get up the stairs and... <laughs> Jesus Christ. and i'm just trying to think of all the there were a lot actually we didn't see that many contestants from vietnam at all because really there were there was one major group mingling and one area of all the alumni yeah so we we saw axe we saw elizabeth obviously not face to face we saw her on stage during one of the segments i saw bass i'm not sure whether you did didn't see yuri so i don't i don't think we saw anyone outside of the top three of of vietnam i'm trying to think with the other alumni they were just mainly yeah we didn't see sam we didn't see lloyd we didn't see baja there may have been fewer it was more it was more about getting the old moles there, mm. it seemed to me. So it was, it was Yuri, then Kat, then Bruno, uh, who I did see. The Bruno we saw was... With Argentina um, Bruno. Well, I saw Argentina Bruno and um, Germany Bruno as well. Oh, right, right. Oh, uh, Greece Bruno, sorry. So the Bruno from Vietnam, I didn't see. Ava, we didn't see. Martine, we did see. Yep. Ingrid, we didn't. Lisbeth, we didn't. No. So that's, what, four of them, I think? One, two, three... Yeah, we only saw four of Vietnam. I wonder if it's because of the finale being in Brussels rather than Antwerp, because this is a Flanders show, and Brussels is as far south in Flanders as you go, right? And also, on top of that, is Mother's Day. So that may have... Oh, that could impact somebody like Magda. Yeah, because Sven, when he was on stage, wished his mum a happy birthday. Uh, a happy, happy Mother's Day. Day. Maybe it's her birthday too. You don't it, know. It might be a birthday as well. But <laughs> yeah, he he wished her a happy Mother's Day to sort of get him some sun brownie points. But yeah, we didn't see many people from Vietnam, which is a surprise. And I'm trying to think. South Africa didn't have just had Robin, Davy, Annalise. We didn't see Sam. Mexico didn't have too many people either. You you forgot about Jessica already again. <laughs> that was not even deliberate as no. well, which makes it even funnier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't see Aline for obvious reasons. We saw Davy, saw Annalise, I think. I think I saw her, you didn't. Uh, Robin, we saw. Sam, we didn't. Hans, we didn't. Bertrand, we didn't. Marsena, we 
didn't. No, we didn't. I don't think so, no. Uh, Booba, Jolene, and Jessica, we did say. Somehow. So definitely less than half. I'd say it's a lower percentage than Vietnam. The problem is, of course, that we aren't in the after party. So these people could have gone in well before we were there, and we just don't know about it. Yeah, but you think they'd want to watch the finale. Well, yeah, they would have been watching the finale in a separate section to us, though, wouldn't they? If they'd got there earlier than we did, or if we just weren't paying attention, let's be honest, then we may have just missed some of these people. Yeah, I wonder if we could have been more aggressive. With, if we if we knew we weren't going to be in there afterwards, I would have been a bit more aggressive, like, oh, hey, Bart. Yeah, yeah. I wish we'd, we'd chat to Bart. He's the main regret, but we've got next year. They've officially confirmed, or they've officially opened applications for next year already, so next year is a thing. Um, some more positive news, though, is the fact we now have two patrons, which I sprung on you at dinner last night. Oh yeah, we have to, you have to give them shout-outs. I do. Um, one of them got a shout-out in the description of last week, because he managed to make the cut-off, but um, Sven Derek didn't. Sven Derek did it at the, uh, at the weekend, and he subscribed at the Historians tier, which means he now knows, literally as of this moment, what Historian seasons we're doing this year. We're going to talk about that a lot more next week, but yeah, Sven Derek is the one person outside of the two of us and Bindles, I think who now knows what, what seasons we're doing and what season we've started. Oh, <laughs> yes. Which is very interesting. Yeah, that's we're pretty much going to be back doing that after this recording. Yeah, it'll be hopefully a few days this week that we, uh, we start earning ourselves some more, uh, some more weeks on that. But if you do want to, I'm not going to harp on about this every week, but if you want to subscribe to the Patreon it's patreon.com forward slash RTV Warriors, and you can find out as well, or you can wait till next week. Um, we really don't expect people to uh, to subscribe to the Patreon. I will be perfectly clear about that, but if you want to bung us money, please do. Um, but yes, th- thank you to both Sven Derek and David, who um, who have supported the podcast via Patreon in the last week since we've been recording. So previously, the Final Four travelled to their final destination island of Legomera. While they were split up, Jens and Uma sabotaged each other on a hike, while Sven and Manu stayed in bed all day. The return of the Mosul of One as an accomplice saw them all be tempted, but Uma was shot by an archer, and all of the other three missed the button at the exit. At the penultimate test, we bid a fond farewell to Manu, who by the way got the biggest cheer in uh, in the entirety of Palais 12 this evening, leaving just our final three as Sven, Uma and Jens. And as finalists, Gilles says they can win a lot of money in the first challenge of the episode, €10,000 to be precise. They've got two hours to reach a bomb-diffusing station and cut one of four wires, either red, blue, yellow or white. If they cut the wrong wire or run out of time, a bomb will go off, as is traditional this season, in Palais 12 on May the 8th, aimed at 11,000 people. The first challenge is to use arrows to knock down four plaques in the correct order. Each time they make a mistake in a mini-challenge, the 10k will drop by €500. Jens was pretty bad at this. I did obviously go into the reveal thinking that Jens was the mole, and a lot of it was due to his actions in this challenge. And I was honed in on Uma, so when when Jens was missing, I was thinking, well, it looks like a guy who's genuinely trying to hit those targets. Maybe a couple targets he was doing intentionally to try and throw Sven off, since, I mean, we've seen it happen before, where somebody pretends to be the mole in the final round, and it distracts the other the other candidate yeah. and makes them lose the game a la Celebrity Mole Yucatan with Dennis Strodman throwing off Mark Curry in the final minutes of the game right at the buzzer. And then Uma was trying it and the arrow just fell to the ground. There's no distance on it and I'm thinking mm. she could just easily pass off and say oh, I just don't know how to use a bow and arrow. The laugh that went up when Uma did that was amazing. 
Yeah, that was one of the better reactions. I guess we can talk a bit more about how how the briefing of the mole was filmed. Well, yeah. I, I don't know whether we're going to get an email off Jill if we do, but yeah. There was no way in hell that that was actually live with Jill and Uma, because it wasn't a transparent or a translucent screen at the back. It was a big LED screen, but that section was filmed before the episode. Yeah, so that we saw the f- we saw the footage of the first twenty seconds of the episode yeah. twice because yes. they first showed the first twenty seconds, and then they showed them walking by the atomium, hmm. and then Jill does get on stage right then. Yeah. Then he goes behind the screen to record the briefing of the mole, or well, pre-recorded briefing. Yeah, of the mole. it was a pre-recorded one. And then he comes on stage, talks to the crowd for a bit. They wheel out the bomb, then, right? Yeah. Do you remember what my reaction when the screen went down and we saw the shadow of Jill and the mole as it was then was? It it was, oh fuck, they're doing a diary of the mole live, but they're going to call it a briefing of the mole. And then briefing of the mole came up on the screen. I'm like, it's not a briefing. It is a diary. Still not a briefing. No matter how many times you try and say it is, it isn't. (laughs) And then they, yeah, they wheel out the paint bomb. And then, as you said before, realize it's a confetti bomb. Yeah. And then Jill goes off stage, and then the first 20 seconds is re-shown. And then there are live cuts in the episode, but like, it wasn't pre-recorded cuts. No, everything after the briefing of the mole was absolutely live. Yeah, and that's really, really ambitious. Especially when you consider that, despite the season being very cursed... Only one thing went wrong, which was the reveal of Uma as the person who wasn't going to earn anything. That was the only thing that went wrong in the episode, I think, for the live sections, which is phenomenal given how cursed this season was. I'm sure they were thinking, oh, is this the right season to do it after everything we've been through? Well, that's the thing. It's it's super gutsy to do that and then make Jens hang upside down from Palais 12 whilst wearing a straight jacket and saying, you've got 50 seconds to get out of it. Between Flames. Yeah, and I was thinking, man, what if it burns him and it burns his fingertips and he can't use the laptop to the last five questions? It's just super gutsy from everyone involved in production to do that. So yeah, when Jens is shooting, Sven and Uma look on with binoculars and Sven jokes that when he has the question about about order these four famous Flemish guys in um, Order of Age, Sven does say, I wonder if the question is... um, who has the youngest girlfriend? Which I'm sure Jill loved keeping in the episode. Yeah, actually, I think uh, I think Sven's comments got the most laughs out of anybody tonight. Yeah, consistently, and unfortunately, there were no English subtitles today, so we were. You get I, the gist I, of it. Yeah, surprisingly. I, I survived. There's obviously certain bits that when I watch the subbed version, I will then write in my notes for next week to to bring up because we forget things, but. All of my notes are just done based on my memory of the episode when we were stood there outside Palais 12. So we're probably not going to pick up on much detail on it, but the broad strokes we've got, definitely. Yeah, luckily it was the challenge was fairly easy to grasp. Yeah. Especially the, the second one, they had the visuals on screen. Because I, I was asking you, oh, well, what's the other twist that everyone's reacting to? And then it showed on screen what exactly the twist yeah. was. And then I thought, oh, okay, I, I, I get this. I get this visual. We've said it numerous times, but Belkir is very good at visually explaining challenges. And just 
actually making it easy for people to understand, even without subtitles. It's the same reason we managed to get through most of Greece with a few slight amendments. That was an experience. It certainly was. It's not one I particularly want to repeat that much, to be honest. So they eventually give up on this challenge after five grand disappears from the challenge, which is impressively high. Given most of that was Jens as well. Jens was um, responsible for about seven of those errors, I think. Well, they only let Uma try a couple of times, and they said, no, Uma, you're not, you're not yeah. getting in front of a bow and arrow, especially when Sven and we know that we know that Sven and Jens were both on Uma. Yeah. Sven wasn't at that point, but he, he probably theorized that it would have been her if he's managed to survive this test. Yeah. Jill reveals to us that the hint that they would that they would have won was to not cut the wire of the colour of the shirt that Gilles Van Bull wore in the Pricklebar Challenge, which was yellow. But I misremembered that as red. The second challenge was then for Sven to identify words printed on a plexiglass screen using only his tongue. Which right, was, I forgot about that part. Yeah, you I know you've blanked it out of your memory, but I think at one point I said to you, this is somehow even less erotic than Jens milking a goat last week. It's like licking the candy balls at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it was genuinely uncomfortable. The raspberries taste like raspberries. <laughs> he does fail three times again, but then wins on the fourth and reveals that they shouldn't cut the wire of the sofa that the drag judges sat on, which was red. Which you thought was blue. Which I thought was blue, yes. I'm colorblind. I'm allowed to get things wrong. He's <laughs> always <laughs> blue. Nobody writing about me mixing up Uma and Anka before before it goes in. I did joke on the Bullers Bar Discord that Anka was the mole. I'm leaning into the joke now. So the final part then sees two people, Uma and Sven, have to climb a cliff to reach the wires. Meanwhile, Jens has the wonderful visual of standing on a vibrating plate and using chopsticks to stack six bolts on top of each other. Which he succeeds at surprisingly well. He does. As soon as I saw the vibrating plate, I knew we were in for another treat from Jens, to be honest. He's a delight. And uh, one other thing to note, too, is that Uma wasn't the one who got to do it solo. Uma had to go with Sven. Sven and Jens were both adamant about that. Because they don't trust her in the slightest. No. Jens was allowed to be solo. So there were clues there, even if you weren't on to Uma right then, going into the final episode where you're thinking, wait, why is Jens allowed to use the bow and arrow so many times? Why is Jens allowed to try and stack bolts solo? I think you're fine. I hedged my bets. I have all three badges. Yeah, I got the right mold. I got the right mold. I just didn't necessarily do it in our suspicion. It's like Marge Simpson at the Kentucky Derby where she just takes the... I can't remember what type of bet it was on the Simpsons episode, but she just bets on every single horse so that she just wins no matter what. She's hedging the bets. So he does fail once and then manages to make the stack on the second attempt. He reveals the clue is the colour of the taxi that Jens had a car bomb in, which was white. Sven and Uma then reach the wires and shout down to Jens. He says they shouldn't cut white. He's correct there. And they have a lot of debate about it. Jens just eventually shouts up that they just have to make a decision. He doesn't give a shit anymore. And has a lot of passive-aggressive commentary that only goes to the camera. Uma ends up cutting the yellow wire. The bomb goes off, and they earn nothing of 10,000 euros for the challenge. Thankfully for the people in the standing section, the bomb is a confetti bomb, and not the paint bomb that we're all kind of hoping they would get drenched in. One thing I want to point out is that confetti took forever to fall to the ground. It lingered <laughs> in the air. It? it lingered in the air for like five minutes after it not, set off. Not five minutes. 
it was still dropping when they were filming the last bits of the episode. Because it became my favourite thing to spot during the reveal. There was blue confetti coming down from the rafters. During the reveal of Sven as winner, there was blue confetti coming down from the rafters. When they were filming the bit for the reunion episode, there was blue confetti coming down from the rafters. It was only like one or two flags, but it was my favourite thing of the entire episode. It was chaos. Yeah, it was like a plastic bag getting caught in the wind. It's just going to stay up there forever. Yeah, and it wasn't even a firework challenge. So, it is now time for the final test. 30 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows the most will be going home with all of the pots and unmask the mole. They all then explain why each other could be the mole. And when they finish question 25, they click a box to reveal the next question, but it instead reveals that questions 26 to 30 are not found. Yeah, what did we theorize last week where I thought, oh, maybe they'll do the quiz? We were both kind of wrong and kind of right at the same time. Yeah, I think you did kind of guess that they would do part of the the test live. But I thought it would be far too much chaos, especially after the rest of the season. It would be funny, though, if the reading happens and they said, actually, Jens got 25 out of 25. We mixed up his results with, with Spence. Jens is the real winner. <laughs> I, I just don't understand mathematically how... How Jens lost the season. It doesn't work. Because he's not going to choose a different mole. He no. knows he got a perfect score on the page to the final five questions. Unless they did turn around to them and say there is a hidden tiebreaker. You're not doing the traditional ten extra questions and then ten questions with a time. Because they don't even record time for the final test. Normally. No, unless that's just a brand new rule they brought in where they combined the time from the two quiz sessions, which would be It'd be a strange way to bring in time as a tiebreaker on the first 30 questions and have that time split over, you know, six months apart. The bigger question is how Jens managed to drop any points. I'm sure that's got to be covered in the reunion because everyone was, I mean, Jill told the audience, Jens, you got 25 out of 25. Sven and Uma, you did not. Yeah, I don't understand. Which was another clue for me thinking, why would they make Jens the mole and then make it the moliest thing possible by saying hey Jens you have a perfect score but the mole answers questions about themselves anyway and always answers questions about themselves unless they just throw the final test yeah that's what I was thinking it would just be too too obvious to be the just one person having a perfect score I don't know whether they do and it might have just been us misinterpreting it that he didn't actually have a perfect score going into it and someone will write in That'd, be, that'd make a lot more sense. Yeah. Like, from our understanding of the episode with our rudimentary Dutch knowledge, it doesn't make sense right now. It doesn't make Jens. It doesn't make Jens. So Gilles then returns and explains that for the first time ever, they won't be finishing the season just yet. Instead, there is one more challenge and five more questions to come, and all of that will be done live at Palais 12 on the 8th of May. They used Palais 12 a lot. That's three different times they would have been filming this task at Palais 12 because they had the yeah. initial get-together like, oh, it's us three still. And then then assigning the task and uh, then just having all of them discuss what to do and Jill in the audience with all of them. And, and an empty audience, I should say. There is no audience. And, and empty chairs. And then they meet the instructors too. And I'm guessing all the instruction was there at Palais 12, or possibly at different studios after that. Maybe just the yeah. first, maybe just the initial practice or the last week of practice was at Palais 12. Yeah, I don't know, because the drummer guy was there all the way through the finale. Um, Uma's teacher. And then obviously he accompanied her on the drums. The dance teacher did come on for the second dance, but wasn't there for the first one officially. 
Oh, there's a funny thing about the drummer because I know a guy with that exact same name oh, from really? Vernon. That's interesting. So, so when Jill, or the not wasn't Jill, the other, whoever the other guy was that was the main MC for the night, he said he's oh. just one of the producers, I think. Yeah, he's like, oh, and here we have this drummer, Michael Shank, and I'm thinking that's like one of my brother's best friends. I went to university with that guy. Maybe he could be the uh, the greeter on the uh, Amazing Race Canada leg that's in Vernon. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking, well, what are the chances of that being the name of the drummer? And it's not really a not really a Flemish name. Yeah, and like the the dance teacher was obviously very English. They didn't even attempt to make her speak Dutch. No. The escapologist was only there for when Jens was hanging upside down, basically. But yeah, I. I don't know, I think it was probably done closer to their respective homes, but then Jens taking the the Passfragen makes a lot of sense because he would have been flying back to Barcelona, you'd assume. He probably flew into Brussels to do the Palio 12 recording, then flew back to Barcelona a few days later. Oh, so he lives He lives in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah he, he lives in Spain, because that was part of the reasoning why I suspected that his girlfriend might have been the accomplice, because it's significantly easier to fly her in from Barcelona oh, well, than it is to fly Davian. Yeah, because I flew from Barcelona to Canary Islands, I believe. Yeah, or it might have been Madrid to Canary Islands. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I could see why you why you were thinking that too. It's like I said last week. I'm I'm less bothered about being wrong this season because it's such a weird season. Well, there was a lot less data. If we only had three episodes to go off of before this final reveal, and you don't really want to pick a different mole. While you're sitting in the audience, it feels a bit no. cheap if you switch two minutes before the reveal and say, "Wait, no, 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 I don't think that person's the mole anymore. I'm switching." It's the patented Logan Saunders tactic of doing a ride or down mole and then not changing until until you need to. And this year it worked. Well, last year it worked for me, so it's just your year this year. You got one more chance to shame me potentially, beating me on uh, on predictions. But we won't talk about that until next week. So, we then cut to five weeks ago. The final three all reunite on the stage of Palais 12, and Jens had a haircut. Gilles explains that they'll be putting on a live show, and each of them must provide one component of it. One will be doing magic, one will be doing music, and one will be dancing for all of us. Jens picks magic, Uma picks music, and that leaves Sven with dance. Each of them who passes their respective components will add €2,000 to the pot. Gilles then takes them aside and gives them an offer. They can open the instructions almost immediately and have five weeks of practice, but if they think they can do it in just one week, they can swap the €2,000 for two Passfragen on the final test. If they choose that option, though, and fail, they will cost the group €2,000. When all of them say five weeks, Gilles then stirs the pot a little by telling Jens that he got full marks on the final test, and that Uma and Sven did not. We then also find out that someone changed their mind, and it was up to the public and those in Palais 12 to decide who. Whoever we picked would not count, whether they gained or earned money, or gained Passfragen. And when they meet their respective teachers, Uma finds out she has to do two sections of drumming with no more than two mistakes, Sven finds out he has to do two sections of tap dancing with no more than two mistakes, and Jens is doing escapology, escaping a straitjacket in under 50 seconds, upside down, hanging over the stage. The Michael Scott Memorial Challenge. Magic, 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 magic. When they revealed this, obviously we didn't know for certain what the challenge was going to be. When they explained it, I'm I'm sort of piecing together the context clues and going, oh my god, he's doing escapology. They're actually going to do escapology and hang him over the, over the arena. What the fuck are they doing after this season? 
They didn't hang him up that high, luckily. No, but it was still high enough, because that, that stage was probably about 10 feet high already, and then he was probably another 10 feet above the stage. Yeah, at least he wasn't like in the rafters trying to do it. No, I did think that maybe they were going to stitch him up and hang him properly over a section of the audience, but it's probably for the best that they didn't, because he didn't escape. Yeah, we were thinking, are they just going to make the, or I thought for a second, maybe they'll have all three tasks going on at the same time. But that that was, we, we learned that the drumming solo was a lot longer than we thought it was. Yeah, it was 45 seconds, the drumming solo for each of them. And Sven's tap dance was about 45 seconds as well, I think. Because I thought they could do it where Uma's playing the drum solo, Sven has to tap to that specific drum solo, and then Jens's timer was about 50 seconds. It was 50 I, seconds, yeah. yeah and just have it all synchronized together and then once the 50 seconds is up you find out oh okay this is how everyone did no it was kind of intertwined i liked it a lot better that way and actually genuinely they were pretty impressive given that they only had five weeks practice well only sven was the only one who did five weeks the other two no. did one week no it, it did five, uh, it did five as well oh she did five right yeah because yeah, she would have earned zero regardless right because she got zero yeah yeah um but yeah, it was legitimately impressive. I was very impressed with Sven's tap dancing. As the English woman, Gemma, I think she was called, said, if he'd had like six months practice, he probably could be pro. He was genuinely actually quite talented. Well, he, he, knew, he knew how close he is to winning the season. I mean, if, if you have a chance to put 2,000 into the pot and possibly be going home with 28 or 30,000 euros, uh, you're going to want to pick up tap dancing pretty quickly. And even even Jens, after the start of the practice that we saw, he was way better than I was anticipating. He managed to get his arms over his head rapid. It was about two seconds he did it in. Yeah, we were we thought for sure he was going to escape. And then time went on, he realized, oh, wait, we're down to 20 seconds. We're down to 10. He hasn't made any more progress. I think he just panicked. I think not only did he panic on the test, but he panicked on that final challenge. Yeah. Because that only reinforced my idea that he might be the mole because he did so well immediately and then thought, I'm doing too well here, I better, I better chill on it a little bit. Yeah, but that just seemed such a blatant sabotage. Well, with Uma, she barely missed. It was, oh, I made three mistakes instead of two mistakes. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't add any money into the pot. Well, Jens was a lot more blatant of, oh, it's minus 2,000, and he wasn't even close to escaping after the progress he made within the first five seconds. Yeah, it was just a... it was strange. <laughs> I was very much in a Jens tunnel even until the reveal. Zeal then reveals that Jens obviously failed, as did Uma, but Sven passed with only one mistake. Zeal then reveals that Jens picked the pass for Argon, but Uma and Sven did not. Uma was picked by the public, so her zero accounted for nothing anyway. And Sven and Jens cancel each other out, leaving the final pot of €26,390, the same as last week, out of 92750 Yeah, but it was, it's funny, after all of this work on the live finale and all these twists it's and It's literally turns, for nothing. Pot remains the same. Yeah, it, it's literally for nothing. They, The maximum went up by 14k, the actual pot went up by zero. I wonder if the contestants thought anything was up when they were only doing one challenge in the final three that went straight into the final quiz, unless they were thinking, production just wants to finish the season before anything anyone else gets hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I think they must have suspected something was up, but I'm not sure whether they would have twigged that maybe they wouldn't be leaving the game necessarily immediately. 
I'm sure they didn't expect an error message no. for all three of them on that final quiz. Maybe no, they're thinking maybe a challenge after the quiz? That's giving them major Circle vibes. The big twist of the Circle this week seems to be uh, that it gets infected with a, a virus of some description. So it's then time for the final five questions. They've got 15 seconds per question to answer, and they're doing it live on stage. We watch all of the questions, as we said before. Jens is the first person we see cut to who's done. Yep. Then Sven. Sven. And then by far, Uma, after that. The lights go out and reveal that Sven has won all the money. Much to, actually, my shock. Because we, when the test was going on, I said to you, who do you think's won? Who do you think the mole is? And you said, Uma's the mole, Sven's the winner, Jens has lost. And I said, Uma won, Jens is the mole, Sven lost. And, you know, I was obviously very wrong. With all for three. Yeah, I know. But it has to happen some years. And as I said to you on our way out, it's only when we go to Belgium that you actually get the right mole in the end, and I don't. It's only two seasons that's happened with Belgia, and both of them we've been at the finale for. I guess they didn't get to film the reunion show... We'll do that tomorrow, I suspect. Tomorrow, or even, I wonder if they're filming a chunk of it right now. Yeah, I don't know. Because they, presumably they had a camera on the rest of them as Uma was revealed as the mole. Or as Sven was revealed as the winner and then Uma was revealed as the mole. Because they were all in the sofas on the side, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't have had the, let's swamp the winner scene. But that's the only thing they would have been missing from it, I think. I was thinking too, are they going to be filming this on a Monday for the reunion? It's usually filmed on Saturday when the finale's on Sunday. So, yeah, they they could make it happen, I think. Because all they've got to do is is show everyone what Philippe and Uma did. It's it's not that big a time commitment for them, really, to do it tomorrow morning or whatever. Yeah, it's a bit bizarre what you would do, how you would do for a reunion show when it's... Because you see everyone's reaction to them all being revealed live on stage. So that's all the footage you need for the reaction and everyone's... Because they were doing, oh, that's the other thing uh, before we went in there. You said that they were getting all the predictions for our, for yes. everyone thought was the mole and the winner. Yeah, they were filming people going into the VIP entrance. And I suspect that was, who do you think the mole is? And they're going to use that for, um, for the start of the reunion next week, I suspect. Yeah, because they can't obviously do that now no i don't know whether they're going to do any additional reunion film and they might just sack it off they might just do the what did philippe do what did uma do because we even had what sven's going to use the money for on stage yeah exactly they asked him that too yeah i wonder if that whole after party thing if they were able to do like the remaining reunion show footage that they needed for the episode right then since it's the weekend and they probably want it and if it's 10th anniversary you think they want to incorporate yeah. past moles so not just a reunion for that cast but like they had all the almost all of the previous moles there yeah it's gonna be very interesting because there was a drone filming as well multiple drones well there was definitely that drone filming over the over palais 12 and we haven't seen that footage yet because obviously the the atomian fading into jill appearing at palais 12 oh that was filmed, we didn't that talk was, about the bmw that, that was filmed days ago you know how i know that because none of the infrastructure was there. None of the barriers. The barriers have been there since at least yesterday. Because I walked past them. And none of the mole signs were there or anything. So that was filmed days ago. Probably fairly early in the morning by the look of the sunlight and stuff. Yeah, the BMW, that was a funny thing. So Michael and I were separ- separated at this point where Michael saw all most of the alumni from the previous seasons. 
yeah, so I was I'd gone investigating what the hell people were queuing for, and then gone and got myself a Jens Vitterukismol button, and I'd left you for about twenty thirty minutes at that point. So pretty much right after you left, all of the contestants, excluding the final three from this season, were all together. They walked right by me, and only walked another maybe ten feet further. They were really really close because yeah. people were doing selfies with the current cast behind them. Yeah, tons mummered. Um, packed him a lunch and uh, kissed him on the cheek and said, have fun with your friends. Yeah, and they were with a handler too who was lecturing them and showing them paperwork and stuff. And then this BMW rolls through, the same BMW that we see in the episode, and then everyone has to make a path for it. And then the BMW like goes forward and then goes back and then forward and then back. And this goes on for about 20 minutes. I don't know who that was. Because they, they, they were barely opening the door where the handler would one of the other producers or crew members opened the back passenger door and just barely opened it with the smallest crack that they could because you could no one was able to see inside and then they said something close the door and then it would just it kept rolling back going slightly forward and then again they would say some sort of instruction close it and then eventually that bmw disappeared and then in the episode the one where we see jill get out where there's no crowd or anything, so you know it can't be the same as you said before. No, yeah. It was a week ago, several days ago. <laughs> Looking at the sunlight when it moves from the Atomium, because obviously we have the advantage of having seen that scene twice, it was early morning, I think. It was just after the sun had risen that they filmed the drone flying over the Atomium and a BMW driving past the Atomium and over to Palais 12, which is half a mile at most. That was definitely filmed days ago. Because there was no barriers, there was no mole or play fear signage. That had been filmed days ago, because they would have 100% got caught out by it otherwise. So the screen then lifts to show who the mole is, and much to my disgust, it's Uma. I win. And Logan cheers. Three for three, I think I recorded a video and I just yell, sweep, sweep. (laughs) The problem is we can't now have the argument as who gets first draft next year, because it's obviously you. (laughs) You obviously get first Belkia draft and first Vidim draft. Yeah, oh yeah, I won both seasons yeah, this year. and I came last in Vidim as well. It's not a good year for me. The good news is we are doing a uh, a season coming up where uh, I get them all correct in the end, so <laughs> I will at least escape the year without a duck egg, which is nice. I can guarantee that. So since Logan had them all on his team, he gets a double whammy this season. We don't care. Let's get past that. Um... David, Joseph, Holger, Jack, Martin, April, Brad, 15, and, and Sophie all had her as number one in their second suspicions. And I do have to also point out that Tom and Sean had her at number five. Nobody had her at number six. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, there was one really annoying thing while we were seated. For some reason, I don't know why, because in the seats there's about, what, 20, I think it was 22 seats in each row? 14 it was on some rows, yeah. but I don't know how many it went down to on our row because we went right at the back. I know the back row was 14. Okay, but it was probably similar for us. Yeah, it was, it was, about, it was, about, it was about 15, 20 on each row. And for some reason, because this, how long did the filming take from the, the actual start of, because we, we were seated at 7? About two and a half hours. Yeah, because we were seated at 7 and then the mole was revealed just after 9.30. Yeah, it was, it was two and a half hours or roughly about a quarter of a 1% club episode. And it's fine during the pre-show stuff, but it's just to ramp up the crowd, and it's fine if people are in and out of their seats, because 
I wouldn't be surprised if because the food truck lines were so long. Yeah. I didn't even bother going into them. Well, I stood in line for a burger for about twenty minutes and then gave up and got some pizza inside. Yeah, because there were a lot more concessions inside where yeah, the lines were a lot faster. shorter, <laughs> but else. faster. Yeah, it wasn't like speedy or anything. And cheaper. It was half the price of the burger. But once the show starts, which was the first bit of con, it was kind of weird because. Twenty past seven, we were seated. Oh, we meant to be seated for. So it's probably about half seven that they started filming. Oh, the first to the first yeah. twenty seconds that we saw. So, yeah. yeah, it was. It seemed like a while. Anyways, so once the actual episode starts airing, I figured, oh, no one's going to bother leaving their seat. No. Maybe during a commercial because there were there were three commercial breaks. Each one was about six or seven minutes, which seems long. It does, but we're not used to it because we we see it without ads normally. Yeah. But I mean, even with like watching Survivor Big Brother Canada, the longest commercials are on cable in Canada is about four and a half minutes now. They're more frequent now, aren't they? And also it's a two hour show or whatever it was, an hour and 45, I think it was tonight. Yeah. So anyways, while the so it's fine if people were up during the commercial break yeah. needing to get by. But when the actual episode was airing, people kept getting out of their seats for some reason to go to concession because they would come back with drinks. I figured, oh, maybe people just really needed to use the bathroom and then no, they're back with either food or beer. There was a guy who left for the reveal. <laughs> yeah. And that was the, yeah, there were, no, there was, what, four people who left like five minutes before we thought the reveal would happen and two the, or three of the four came back. Yeah, there was definitely at least one guy who was missing for the reveal. Like, how do you do that? That's the whole combination of the season. That's why you're there. Yeah. This guy missed Sven winning, and then missed Uma being revealed as the mole inexplicably. Yeah, it's like what the hell? <laughs> it's like in a ba- if you're at a baseball game and it's the bottom of the ninth, and there's the bases are loaded and it's tied, and then you're like, ah, eh, I could use a hot dog right now. You wait. <laughs> yeah, just wait like three minutes, and then there's an intermission, and then get a hot dog, but. I was very surprised that people wanted to just say, oh, that's only the reason why I spent my whole day here. Yeah. Ah, I'm just going to, nah, I'm going to slice of some pizza right now. Maybe a beer. What the hell? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand people. So, yeah, that was... Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking, because, yeah, because I, yeah, most people just, you know, were rushing right when the commercial breaks would hit, especially the smokers. Yeah. You also spotted every time I went for a drink, I was back in a minute. Yeah, you were doing it was very quick. Yeah. So yeah, I was very, very surprised by people's choices there. And plus it got annoying because I'm thinking, well, I don't want to miss the reveal because I have to stand up out of my seat to let somebody through. Just sit sit your ass down. It is worth bearing in mind we were at the end of a row. So we constantly had to move. Yeah. And we had the longest legs of anybody in the row too. Yeah, I, I was on the end, so I had to move out of the row to be able to let people pass. But yeah, very frustrating yeah. overall not very frustrating it's, it i've been in more situations well yeah it's it's it wasn't very frustrating and i would say it's a little above mild inconvenience yeah. it was somewhere in the middle yeah it was sort of broadly irritating especially the further we got in the episode and especially when it's at the big moment thinking everyone just sit down for 15 yeah. minutes and sit then it's all over down. Because after that, it doesn't really matter when they're doing all the little speeches, because you can hear that from anywhere. There's, yeah. no more, there's no more anticipation. It's just, oh, Sven, what are you going to do with the money? Or, Uma, you're a really good mole. Philippe, come over here. We want to include you, too. You still, you still try to work your ass off, even though it didn't quite pan out the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think. Any other 
details um, from the finale? I'm sure it'll come back to us. Even though we're not recording this at one o'clock in the morning, although, you know, we're not that far off. Um, even though we're not recording at one o'clock in the morning, I'm sure stuff will still come back to us over the next week and we'll pick it up in the reunion. But I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah, this is more like a reaction to... Yeah, we are basically those YouTubers reacting to things. Yeah. From the start of the episode that nobody saw. That's a good start to our Patreon yeah. side biz. Next time, if if enough people uh, subscribe to the Patreon, I'll introduce a new tier for next time we come to, to Belgium and we'll do live reactions. I won't. We have enough. Tears, that is. You can still give us all of the money. So, thank you for listening to our Demolvelkia Season 10 finale recap. We'll be back next week to conclude the season and discuss anything we've probably forgotten. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us and contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Logsupercracky and I'm MJ Harmstone. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rtvwarriors. Thank you as always to Natalia for the subtitles and Jill and Lise from Playfair for inviting us to the finale. We'll see you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring. Trust. <laughs> Hi guys. Hi. Nobody.